You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Good evening, everybody. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you. I know we were gone for a week, but welcome to We Live in Color. A, a space where we center black and brown queer folks, our queer community members, trans folks, and at sometimes allies. I know we missed you last week. And I know two weeks ago, we did have a discussion about the dress shooting that happened out there in Colorado. But we are dealing with hate right here in Western Washington. Throughout the weeks, um, there's been some discrimination in Renton towards our, our wonderful community members who choose to read to children, who community members allow to come into the space to, to not only read these beautiful stories, but to, it also shows the children an opportunity to receive some inclusivity. There's some community members that feel indifferent about that. There are some that say that we are teaching children, pushing our agenda on those children. I can say very many words, um, but I can give you a letter starts with F and it can end with um, you. Um, at the end of the day, there's been so many times as a child I remember growing up and not feeling included, but our community needs an opportunity to, to feel love. And so do the teachers that look like us. So that being said, I wanna thank um, Andrew Acefa Winter Cashman and Carmen Rivera, who have started, <clears throat> who have started this protest. There are people that are trying to spew hate to our community members. I'm looking at my guests because we see each other and we want community members to make sure that we see one another. Curtis, do you have that that um, flyer for our community event? It's coming up, y'all. That's right. So this Saturday at two, two o'clock, we'll be at Brewster's Tap Room um, protesting to advocate for our community members. I want to thank the leadership of Carmen Rivera, um, the leadership of Andrew Acefa and Winter Cashman, among many others who want to. We're not talking about not just the, the hate that people give. We want to just spread love because love is what's going to lead us through this space. We just lost community members, six of them in Colorado. We do not want to be in the space of watching people spew hate where we lose another. We'll be back with my guest, Aviana, Avian, Aviana Rodriguez-Brown. <laughs> in just a second, you're watching We Live in Color. Hey guys, Lisa Gordon here. And before heading to Belize, Trey Holiday and I had to make sure we linked up with our good friends over at Market Street Shoes to, of course, grab a few things for the trip. From bags to socks, shoes, sunglasses, earrings, and more. Before going on any trip, make sure you stop at Market Street Shoes. Trust me, you'll find just what you need to make your trip not only enjoyable, but fashionable. And we're back where we live in color. My guest has been, I've, I've known her for a couple of months. And she has this long resume of not just working in the areas of art, but inclusivity, as we were discussing early in the show. Um, she is, I say 2023, one to watch, but you should have already been watching her because she has already been lighting up the stage. I'm just happy to have my guest, Aviana Rodriguez Brown. How you doing? I'm pretty good. I said good. the whole name. You time. sure did. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much you for doing? having me. I'm good. You know, a little bit in pain. Those of you that are in my circle know that I've uh, had some injuries this year. 
but rising above every day is a blessing. Every movement, every trip to the restroom, every hug, every, you know, everything is just a blessing. I'm glad to be here. You are a blessing. Okay. You have been doing every time I turn around, I just see you in spaces of community trying to get us to get not only get out to come to to theater, but get out and to show up and try out to be in theater. What got you into theater? Hmm. No, hold on, let's start back. back oh, back. okay. So are, you're from Seattle, right? I was born in Bremerton. So depending on who you're talking to, yes and no. Western um, Washington. Yes, Western Washington. <laughs> um, first five years, I grew up in Eastern Washington uh, in my grandparents' household, which they still live in today. And then when I was five, my mom and our family moved out here. And I've lived in literally every every neighborhood. We started in Beacon Hill, then we went to SeaTac, then we went to Renton, then we were in Columbia City, then we were in Greenwood. Then I stopped in North Seattle, like Green Lake area. And now I live in West Seattle again. <laughs> so shout out to West Seattle. Exactly. <laughs> so and throughout that, that space, when did you fall in love with your first love? Well, you're all around love, right? Which is art. Which is art. Hmm. I don't know if I fell in love. My mom still mom still wants me to be a politician. Just hold on. I'm still having fun. Let me have fun right. a little bit more. <laughs> um, and she put me in my first drama class at Hamilton International Middle School up on 45th Street. Miss Leonis, which shout out to Miss Leonis, who was also the vice principal at the time, doubled as the drama teacher. And I remember I was so skittish back then. You wouldn't even recognize me. I, I, I doubt that. I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I know you can't imagine. <laughs> but yes, I was so skittish. I wouldn't talk to people. I was very much uh, what we would consider like a loner. I sat in the corner by myself. And even at that age, I was a chameleon. And my mom did some really great um, inner inner interjection of different cultures for us so that I could like in and out of different pockets of society. But um, that eighth grade year, I was a stage manager, which um, for those of you who don't know, a stage manager is like the uh, assistant to the director. They run the show after the director leaves once the show opens um, and they run the room. They are the safety net for the actors in the room. They're also the liaison from the actors to the director or anyone on the production team in the room. Um, and so really I helped run the show. Um, but <laughs> someone was uh, absent when the day of the performance went on. And oh, no. so just like any good person doing anything in the back, <laughs> I was like, I'll do it, I guess. Um, and so I got on stage as a card in Alice in one Adventures in Wonderland, okay. eighth grade. And I remember looking out at the lights like I'm looking right now and just being like, wow, someone laughed because of something I said. Someone, Someone's over there like, <laughs> and, you know, people really, I felt they were not only seeing me, but also I could do something and I don't have to be the sad girl that I was at home or put down by. Sad, sad girl? You were a sad girl. I was. Can we talk about sad girl? Yes, we can talk about sad girl. Lil Avi was sad. Um, Why? Life at home was hard. My mom um, was not a single parent, but her co-parent was not very supportive other than financially. And so that put a lot of stress on me as the eldest um, to help with my brother and sister to make sure we were safe, uh, to make sure we got where we were going. And um, things were hard. It was, um, you know, alcoholism was in the house, abuse was in the house, different forms of abuse. And then again, all this responsibility that from eight years old, I feel like I've been an adult for a very long time. Wow. 
and that that takes a lot. So art was just this great outlet for you to just be wherever you needed to be, right? Yes. Just to escape. (laughs) It was like, one, being on stage, you could put on a character. So sad Avi could sit out and take a break and this character could come on. You know how like Beyonce talks about Sasha Fierce? It's in that sense, but like not as much, but just like, great. All my problems can literally stay at the door. They don't matter here. It our our issues, social issues, they don't matter here. We're here with a a goal, a communal goal to put this story forward. And the story is whatever we choose it to be at that time. But there's like a consensus, a community agreement that we're here for the betterment of the show and we're here to put on a show for the audience who's coming. So put everything else aside and let's make sure that we get where we need to be in this rehearsal right now. Or let's make sure we put this show up in the best that we could be. So that way everyone can have a good time. Yeah. And good times you 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 had because in high school, how many plays did you do in high school? Because I mean, <laughs> I read a little <laughs> bit of her bio, so it was, <laughs> it was um, extended. It was a lot. Uh I was privileged enough to go to Bishop Blanchett High School, which first my first show was at the Moore Theater at the age of 15. And uh we did hmm, what did we do that year? Hmm. <laughs> So long ago, (laughs) Um, but one, we did two shows a year, uh, one being a musical. Sometimes we did a one act play festival as well. So about three shows a year for four years. Um, And then the first two years I was still doing crew at Mount Baker crew. I was on swim team. They tried to do volleyball. I'm I'm not going to die for a ball. I'm saying, wait, my face towards the, towards the floor. I'm not going to dive towards it. I feel that. (laughs) So you did. So as so going into these places, did you ever leave Seattle after high school? Yeah. Even during high school, my mom um, was able to put I was, you know, applied for scholarships and got to go to some uh, arts camps out in Canada, some down in North uh, California, some rock climbing camps. Um, So I really like sailing all types of other things so I'm sailing not- <laughs> sailing <laughs> yeah. i don't know about the sailing but i feel but i feel it it's this seems get like get on a my great- boat let's okay. do it yeah <laughs> um but yeah the, the, there were different activities but art and theater really held me they really um cradled me in a way that sports didn't for me i'm not a competitive person in that sense yeah. and i again when it comes to theater the thing that clicked for me is oh it's a community of people we're all in this together. We're all putting this thing forward. And again, it's not, oh, well, I got to be better than this and I got to do better than this, which some for some people it is. And whatever drives you to do it, please allow that to be your thing. Yeah. But for some of us, we just really like to be in the community. We really like to be a part of something bigger than us. Um, and that's the thing that held me. And that's the thing that drew me into theater and why I really enjoyed it. See, and... I mean, I used to do it, but I think I just kind of shied away from it just due, due to kind of like not wanting to be teased. Mm. Did you ever get teased in the areas of like being in the areas of acting or being in art? Yes. So my graduating class at Blanchett, there was four other black people. You want to shout them out? I mean, we can shout out our people. We could, but no, nah, that's okay. I, y'all, I'll put my yearbook on Facebook. Y'all can look at it. <laughs> um and and that, that caused animosity amongst us too, right? Because again, we're all just trying to survive. So though there was 
community and unity at certain points, depending on who was around us, that unity might have broken. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like I had a good experience, but there are things that come, memories that come back for me. And I'm like, oh, that's sad. That wasn't really that great. Yeah. Or, oh, that comment that that person made really was about my skin and it wasn't, it had it wasn't nothing. Appropriate no, not at all. Um, but again, at that time, I was still learning and I was trying to see the betterment. I'm, I have always been that type of person where I give you my, all my trust and then you chip away at how much you give back well, and like you that. get, which it's not, it has not been <laughs> as, <laughs> as successful. There's been a lot of hurt. So I can't say that I run that way now, but that has been one of the, the thing that was who I was as a younger person. Um, Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so going through going through that, right, mm -hmm. um, and going through the areas of acting, what were some of the challenges like getting out of high school and then getting into the field? Because did you go in head first, or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you asked me about teasing. Yeah. I was teased a lot for yeah. my weight. Sorry, I was teased oh. a lot for my hair. It was different. I was teased a lot for. At that time, I didn't know I was queer, and so I now I know I'm queer. But <laughs> okay, so you didn't know, but then when did you know? It, can I ask that if yeah. you mind? Okay. Um, when did I know? For the longest time, I had crushes. I will say whether it's like celebrity oh, crush. Woo! Can we do celebrity crush? No, no celebrity. Right crush. now, well, she pregnant, but okay. Kiki was my celebrity <laughs> crush for a while. I met and saw Gwen Stefani performing. Uh, here at Key Arena, I'm gonna call it Key Arena. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> we call we still call it Key Arena. Okay. And I, when I was watching it as an adult, I was like, oh, she was one of my first crushes, but I didn't know because that was one that wasn't something that was readily available. There was no um, imagery of queerness, and there definitely there. I had a cousin, a few cousins who now I know openly are queer, but or openly gay. But even as a young person. Like my family didn't talk about it. It wasn't a known thing. Like it was just like, oh yeah, that's that's their cousin. friend. Mm -hmm. that's, that's their, their friend. friend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they brought their friend. Well, yeah. So, um, anyways, and so after high school, I did actually. I went straight to arts conservatory in New York City, um, and that was really intense. I will say that for anyone who's interested in moving on, like a conservatory, how is that different from a university? Oh, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> a conservatory has no core classes. So if you don't like math, you don't like history, you don't want to take any of that, a conservatory would be for you. But what I suggest is really knowing that you want to be in the field that you're going into for a conservatory because there were people there that had drive like I had never seen before. Um, and I was driven, right? <laughs> I thought I was going into it real driven, but um, these folks were like, they slept, ate and drank musical theater. And I, <laughs> from osmosis of being around them, I was just like, oh yeah, I don't like musical theater that much. I like performing. I like, you know, being on stage. I like making people feel good or feel something that they may or may not have ever felt. However, knowing the ins and outs, musical back and forth, that that may not be me. Yeah. Um, where people were wanting to spend their extra time going to Broadway shows. I was like, I just want to sit and talk to people. Right. Like, let's go see what the village is like. Um, going to New York right after high school was a game changer because I'm actually, like I said, I grew up in Eastern Washington farm. My first pet was a horse. 
I hunted, I still hunt with my grandfather, turkey, deer, he hunts bear. So like, there's just a difference <laughs> to even coming to Seattle and then to go to New York. Everyone in my family was like, why are you going to New York? New York? That foreign land, That's a right? scary, why would you go there? Don't talk to strangers. Like all of the things that you hear, you know, don't look at street signs. And I'm like, you never left this town what are you how are you gonna tell me right right i gotta live right yeah i gotta try it so as you're living right how long were you actually out there in new york and what plays were you doing out there in new york mm -hmm. the program is two two years uh so i stayed and i lived there for a total of six years um i lived in every borough except queens and i did not in, I did not live in Jersey, <laughs> um, though it's not a borough. Some people find it is. Um, and then as far as plays go, I did a lot of off-Broadway uh, stage management, actually in New York, stage management and stage handing or like hanging lights, um, basically loading shows in or out as a stage hand. That's something that really helped pay my bills and keep me in the game um because as a straight out of high you know straight out of high school going to to school person um it, i didn't have the time to also go to auditions because the audition game out there is different yeah i when i was out of high school excuse me when i was out of college and i was able to actually do audition get up at five take the train downtown to 34th avenue put your name on a list then walk to 42nd put your name on another list then take the train over here put your name on another list by the time i ended up leaving new york i was at a place where i actually knew the people who put the list up so i'd be like okay i'm down here can you put my name or hey i put my name i'm number 12 or number 27 where am i now or things like that so um it really is about groundwork and even there in in New York, though there's so many people and it's so vast, it really is a tight knit community, it just like anywhere else. Um, the art, you know, as artists, we support each other. We, if you are friendly and you <laughs> you do the work, you know, people will receive that and they'll reciprocate it. They'll give it back to you. So I think for a long time I've been working in community engagement. I just didn't have the language for it. But you knew it was, you know, it was in you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so I do want to talk about like you coming back home and like yes. what that looked like. But we're going to take one break and we'll be right back. You're watching We Live in Color. Within sports, you learn so many life lessons that will help you be successful in any area that you plan to pursue. So I remember being a kid in Spokane and going to camps like this with my friends and just having a blast. And that's really when I fell in love with this game. Hopefully we're doing the same and inspiring some of these kids to keep going on this journey. Especially as a girl growing up, like you see, you see a lot of boys at these camps, but like just seeing like more and more girls start at a younger age, it, it makes me happy. We had to have funding, right? We cannot do this work without the necessary resources available so that our kids can thrive. Without resources, we can't see kids play and play to their potential. How we can ensure that basketball in our communities is sustainable. Funding is a big part of it. I think working with the right groups and this was the opportunity I think that kickstarted that and we're really excited about any opportunities to just keep moving it forward. It was just an awesome opportunity to show what this community can do and what basketball energy they can bring. Being able to work with the Seattle Sports Commission, work with the King County Play Equity Coalition, 
Uh, we were able to bring big basketball energy to Tequila Community Center and hopefully use this as a launching point and able to get more funding for them in the future. The kids get to see me, get to see, you know, all the rest of the guys who did it all in the area of Washington, Seattle area. So being able to give back to them and uh, let them know that, you know, they can chase their dreams too. This is a fundamental right of all kids, that they have the right to play, which isn't always available to all of our kids in our communities. We got next to ensure kids always have a place to play, compete, and have fun. A world of wonder awaits at Pacific Northwest Ballet's The Nutcracker. Treat your loved ones to the Northwest's favorite holiday tradition at Seattle Center's McCall Hall. Tickets start at $27. Visit pnb.org. And we're back. We'll be living color. Shot, I just want to quickly just shout out Shaylon. And Curtis, you guys are so hyped today. I just appreciate y'all just being so supportive today. <laughs> Back to my girl. So, Aviana, mm -hmm. let's talk. So, you were in New York. Yes. What made you move back home? Because I have a friend, shout out Chris Livingston. He is doing the thing out there, oh. and he just never came back home. Hi, Miss Chris. Hi, <laughs> love Christopher. Him. You know him? <laughs> yes. That's one of my best friends. Mm, really? We'll talk after. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I definitely had some challenges in New York. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, there was a time where money was tight. My mom was a single mom at home and I was like, I can't ask her for money no more. Um, and I was doing things I wasn't supposed to do <laughs> with my money. And so uh, living life, living life. Yes. As a young person immersed in a big city for the first time, uh, I talk very openly about it, but I am an addict and I'm continuously working on that. Um, and currently writing a book about how addiction, how the, the stressors in our life push us towards the edge of addiction as a, a living person. Yeah. Um, but I was a functioning addict and no one knew. No one knew how bad it got. Even now, I'm like, wow, there were some really Did it get bad really bad times. in New York? My wake-up call was a friend of mine ODing next to me um, to the point that he turned blue. And I had my setup ready to go. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. And I remember putting him on the floor and starting CPR and opening the door and... Um, Screaming, just a whole different frequency of screaming. Um, I never want to feel that again. Just that panic, that shock, that fear. Um, thankfully, paramedics showed up in time to save his life. Oh, amen. He was indeed angry with me. And that was something I didn't know how to handle. Like He just woke up just in shock and just mad at you. Yes. And just like, why would you ruin my high? And I'm like, bro, you were blue. What do you mean? Um he has since passed. And so, you know, I think I wrote uh, where we met uh, at that po um, at a space inside that poem that I did. Um, there's a line. Can you say a little bit of that poem? Yes, I'm trying to <laughs> as I'm trying to fight tears. But there's a line in that poem of um, there's. I'm missing you in the space. Uh, I'm missing you in the space where there's folks who are ODing without you here. It's okay. It'll come to me yeah, in a yeah. moment. Whenever, but. Hey, whenever you are ready. <laughs> but, you know, especially when we were talking about our community people who are no longer here. And I think that that was a, a very powerful moment between us because I think that's one of the moments where we first really mm -hmm. got acquainted with one another. But 
you came back. You come back home. Yes, I. And what happens then? Because I think you you went with the ball rolling pretty much, huh? I I, I didn't. I didn't. I will say it was a shock coming home. My mom was ill. Uh, we didn't know it. And so, but her body was different. She was moving a little sluggish. You know, her energy was different. Um, I came home in July of 2016. By August or October, my mom was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. Um, it was, and I, you know, like you don't question it, especially as the eldest. I had already taken care of my family for so long that I I stopped everything art related. I stopped everything I was doing. I remember I packed up my apartment in New York was like, you know what, y'all, um, I'll be back. Something's up with my mom. And I didn't go back. Oh, <laughs> my wow. stuff was in a storage unit until 20, 2019, actually before, right before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, at that time I came to consensus, like you're not going back. Right. <laughs> I don't need you to stop paying for this storage unit. Um, but yeah, so while you were home, like what was like, what did, what happened next? Were you, did you immediately throw yourself back into the work or was it just like focused family focused first? It was definitely family focus. Um, my brother was at the age of going to college. So um, it was just assuming bills, taking over the head of household. I got a full-time job. Um, and, you know, I was working, I was working nights. So I was working crazy hours and trying to jump back into art. I was like, well, if I can't do art in New York, what, what can I do here? How can I bring New York here? The New York flavor I had learned. <laughs> and, um, and so, and that New York energy, New York attitude, I was definitely carrying New York as a backpack for a little while when I first got back. Now I found a nice middle ground for sure. People always ask me, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from here, but I lived in New York. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> New Yorkers are different. It's true. It's true. Um, but when I, yeah, so I was working nights, I would work 10 PM to 2 AM sleep in my car or go home, make, do some meal prep for my mom, make sure she was good. And then I would go and teach from, uh, 11 to three yeah, elementary school. I was teaching, at, um, uh, a few elementary schools down here on Rainier I'm trying to think of names right now, but they're coming, not coming, but, um, yeah. And I met some really great artists that I'm friends with to this day because of the teaching opportunities through SDG, um, different organizations in town. So it was a, it was a great experience. Um, but from teaching, I would go and either rehearse or I would be in a show. So then I'd be in rehearsal from six to 10 and then I'd go right back to where, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I had a beetle at the time. His name was Bruce cause he was yellow and I would sometimes sleep in my beetle and I'm almost six foot y'all. So like the back window to the front window, <laughs> a full blanket in there and everything. Um, and unfortunately, that wasn't abnormal to me either, because there have been plenty of times in my life where I've been homeless more than I've been home secure. And so that was also a, a, a thing that I thought was normal. It's OK to sleep out outside your house because you have slept outside your house before. Yeah. It's not nothing new. Um, and I think that that's also something that even now as I, you know, I, my mom has a place, I have a place, my sister has a place, like that's abnormal for me. And it feels really weird to be house secure yeah. at this age. Wow. Like, again, it's a blessing. I'm, a blessing. I can honestly say that my ancestors work through me, the spirit works through me. <laughs> but, now, and, but now in your spirit and in your ancestors are working the work, right? Right now, can you tell community about your position right now? Yeah. I am working at one of my dream 
organizations, uh, the Fifth Avenue Theater, which is actually right down the street from us now. Uh, it is a musical theater house. We have 2,000 seats inside the theater. Um, the, the building was built in 1926. It's very historic Seattle. And um, we make musicals, y'all. <laughs> we make musicals, we do uh, educational programs, and I am a community engagement specialist. And what that really means is I'm the bridge. I am the bridge between organizations outside of our organization, community outside of our organization, and the thing that we have inside the organization, which is art and musicals. So how is that experience? Because, I mean, I will just say, like, I've just, no, because the reason why I say that is because I just watch you make sure, like, putting Black first, make, making sure the community members, all community members, but um, showing up into the space and saying, like, hey, community, you have access to this. You have access mm -hmm. to not only the stage, but we're just now all getting out of a pandemic. You said during one of your community acts, like, we need y'all. We, mm -hmm. we want y'all to come see this beautiful art. Absolutely. Um, it's definitely been a challenge because I think the, the biggest challenge for our industry and, and as a whole is that during the pandemic shutdown, so much was accessible on a digital streaming platform. I mean, they put Hamilton on Disney. So, you know, the, the highest paying Broadway show, the, the, the most expensive tickets. And you can see it at your house on a screen at the touch of a button. You can stop and go to the bathroom. You can wear your pajamas. You can eat your food. You don't have to eat what we sell. And so I think that that was one of the, the biggest um, implications on where we're at right now. I would say that everyone, again, across the board is struggling to get people in the seats. But personally, that's a benefit for me and my position and for anyone out there in the community, because this is the time this is the lowest tickets have ever been. And so this is the time, whether you're paying for it or whether you reach out to me and the community um, engagement team and um, we provide tickets for your organization, whatever that transaction looks like. But to just see theater, to just transform your world for a minute, to actually exchange energy with the performers and that's being a performer it really is an energy exchange just like you and me sitting right yeah, here absolutely. i'm giving you and you're giving me and it becomes this revolvent energy exchange yeah. where we're actually Can you do that again let's, do, let's <laughs> just do it just do it just do it a little bit yeah okay yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what is it called energy exchange energy, energy exchange yes okay. <laughs> how long do we do this forever i mean for two and a half hours <laughs> okay. if you're seeing the whiz <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that it's it's a really glorious thing. And I will say that I didn't start as this position. I actually was an actor for their educational tour back in 2017. And um, that tour, what, and we're actually getting ready to launch that tour again this spring. But what we do is we take a 45 minute play about a book written by a Pacific Northwestern author that we turned into a musical and we take it to schools around the region as far east as Spokane, over through the ferries and around the water, um, south to Portland, up north to Canada, and really introducing rural um, communities to theater. And I mean, it, I really see, I saw on this tour how important it was. Like, you would see little kids sitting in front of you. We would say the chorus of the song one time. 
the next time the chorus hit, they were singing along. That's how hungry they were for theater and arts and expression, singing along with a song they don't even know, like it's on the radio. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this program's really doing good work. And actually, because of that program, I, I got my teaching certificate. Okay. I went to school. I went back to school online and I got my teaching certificate because mm -hmm. I was like, one, these kids, we got to give these kids some. And theater is it's doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> and you're do you're doing the work, especially I just watched you with youth, um, especially there was a community event. And I told you like the event's going to end in like five minutes. You were there in four. Uh, you know, I just, was. I was actually like, down here. Like, right, literally, just <laughs> popping up and just making sure. And it's, and you were main, mainly there were black youth that were there. Mm -hmm. Why is it? It's important for all youth, of course. But why do you think it's important for black youth to engage in the areas of arts? Mm -hmm. And I do come from it with two lenses, right? Because I'm Afro Mexican, so I'm thinking of both black youth and uh, Hispanic youth as well. But I think that it's important because. There's so much, there's a lack of representation already. And I mean, yeah, media is getting on it. They, they are. Um, and, you know, they're, th they're throwing us in there <laughs> and, they're letting, uh, and we're making stories just like Black Media Matters station here. We're making it happen for ourselves and they're making and they're allowing us space as well. But I think that it's important for us to be able to see ourselves. You asked me earlier, how did I get into theater? And I that's how I physically got into theater. That's how I got the bug. But the idea was planted when an organization gave my mom tickets to take us to see The Lion King at the Paramount. I was 11 years old. We sat on audience left up near the back door and I was on the aisle. Now, when I tell you the way I was bawling when actors who looked like me, who had dark, beautiful brown skin like I did, who moved in a way that grace and royalness just oozed out of them, who held their heads high, who emulated animals that I've only seen in the wild or on TV, but they were people. I was just so amazed because I had, oh, my mom did a great job of introducing theater and old musical movies to us. So musicals weren't nothing new, but to see someone who looked like me, like, wait, you mean I can do that too? And that's exactly why the youth need to know that this space is for them. They, they shouldn't only know that only other people can do this. We can do it too. We have been doing it. It's in our blood. It's literally in the fabric that makes up our skin, our dermis. <laughs> and so I think that it's so important that all youth, but specifically black and brown youth, get to see us doing as much as possible so that they know there's absolutely no limitations to what we can do. There's no ceiling. We just keep going and we literally create the thing that is holding us, the foundation. We lay the rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 girl, listen. <laughs> That's a whole thing. Curtis, I'm gonna have you crop that one out because that was <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> no, but now I want to go see the Lion King. We got one more break. We'll be back Aww. with uh We Live in Color tribute. No, this, where's the Lion King playing? We'll be right back. You're watching We Live in Color. <laughs> COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. 
We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. Oh, I love our commercials. Sorry, y'all. I was just enjoying our commercials. We're back here. <laughs> Don't be laughing at me. So we're back here also with our We Live in Color tribute. Mm-hmm. Aviana, who would you like to tribute today? Um, I didn't know I needed an AA mentor. Is that what they're when they put you with somebody? Sponsor. <clears throat> a sponsor. Thank you. Um, I didn't know that I needed a sponsor, but my life brought me a sponsor and also took him away too soon. Um, senior Jerome Kidd was one of my brother's football coaches. And, you know, when you do football here, like 13 years of football sitting on the sidelines, right? Yeah. My mom was like, the team mom brought all the things. But Jerome just had, and I didn't have a black dad growing up. And so it was really, I, he was really monumental for me. He was encouraging. He was giant. <laughs> His energy was giant. And he was a bus driver, um, um, Seattle Metro bus driver. And he just had such positive energy. Like there was nothing, nothing that I ever saw that brought him down even as an addict, even as all the, you know, trials and tribulations of his life. And he still was positive through the end, through the cancer and all the treatments and everything. And so I just, I want to dedicate my life and where I'm at to Mr. Jerome Kidd Sr. And he would be so proud of you, sister. I mean, you are standing tall. You have, I have met you two months ago and just watching you, you light up every room you're in. You want everyone, the quietest person in the room you walk up to, the <laughs> loudest, to the loudest, right? Mm -hmm. To make sure that they feel included and heard and they see art. You are art. Um, and we at Black Media Matter Studio are appreciative of you, for you and every Fifth Avenue person, that it, whether they do the lights, whether they direct, because we get to see each other in the room. Exactly. Because you're helping build that room. And we appreciate you so much. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Now you are still busy, right? So <laughs> usually I do community events. We go back and forth, but yes. this time you actually have the floor. So we have <laughs> three different community events that people need to pay attention to and they'll show up on the monitor. Curtis, can you pull up the first well, one? I actually was selfish for the one time in my life. So I'm going to share one community event with you. This is happening this Saturday. Uh, Curtis just put it up, but we are having an open mic at our friends down here on 4th Ave, A Space Inside. It'll be hosted by I Am Shamel, local rapper, activist. Everything. She for real, she really is doing it. Like that's who you need to talk to next. Um, <laughs> and it's an all ages event. This is different from a space inside because they normally do an adult event. But we, you know, we want to be inclusive, and I think that it's important for the youth instrumentalists or rappers, aspiring poets to see their adult counterparts and to hear their stories. Like it's not all roses and cupcakes. Yeah. It's hard. Life is hard. And you have to choose every single day to continue to do life. And so I think that it's important to share the space. Yes. 
Absolutely. And when is that? And that is happening Saturday, December 10th, 5 to 10, uh, at a space inside. They're on Instagram at a space inside. Shout out to my girls, mm -hmm. uh, Simone and Moni. They are amazing and doing amazing work. Shamel, you know you need to come down here a time or two <laughs> and let me interview you because people need to know who you are and what's going on. So exactly. I appreciate you. What's the other event that we have here? Let's see. Um, let's do the... Yeah, so this is a Going Home. Going Home is actually a TV show that I'm in. Yes, your girl does uh, film and television as well. Um, and so we're, this is season, this is six episodes of season one that are available now on PureFlix, P-U-R-E-F-L-I-X. It's similar to Netflix. It's just a different platform. Um, six episodes already available. And I'll actually be out of town, just so you know, February to March, and we'll be filming season two. So so support, work. please yeah. <laughs> watch the show. Um, and then after you watch it, watch it again. Uh, it is a, just fair warning. It is about a hospice center. And if you don't know what hospice is, it's usually where people go at the end of their life after all the treatments have happened and there's no other option for them. So be prepared, bring your community. And it is really about having um, community conversations when it comes to death and passing and how, you know, we got to we got to work we got to do the work. We did. We darn sure have to do the work. Almost <laughs> here. <laughs> and, and keep in mind, uh, and we got one more event. Mm -hmm. What's the other one? Well, we actually, we got one QR code. I don't QR know if you're going to put it up, Curtis, but that's really how you can get a hold of me. It's my LinkedIn. Um, which really is just uh, has all of the links, whether it's our upcoming events, whether it's the TV show, whether it's um, different one-offs, um, Actually, I think I did put another event in there. It's, it might be Making Waves, which is... <laughs> Go ahead. Keep on going. Which is a um, new play reading by uh, a playwright, a young Black sister. Her name is Zaria. And she's writing a play about the tropes that media puts us black folks in specifically black women, um, but like reality TV and uh, those tropes that we're told we exist in when really we're all people. And so um, that'll be making waves with Sound Theater Co. And that'll be sometime in the spring. Okay. So you always busy. Yes. You are busy, busy, busy. Yes. Well, we appreciate the work that you do. And I know that you are doing some things at the fifth. So I do want to, for the last words, if you could be able to just mm -hmm. look at the camera over here and just tell community like, what they need to do. Call Absolutely. to action. Yes. Um, so if you have a nonprofit or you know of a nonprofit, I do have an application on our website. That's the number 5thavenue.org. And then hit the menu, community tab, community partner application. And this is just so we can get um, connected with other nonprofits. If they're doing good work, connect me. Maybe, you know, I believe that I only know what I know. I can't know what I don't know. Um, it's very simple. I really can't. And um, of course, I'm always going to share that my experience and my knowledge comes from my experience. So, yes, I know Build Seattle. Yes, I know Rotary. Yes, I know Wanawari. Yes, you know, there's a lot of things that I do know in community. But also, there's so many of us and there's so much going on. I want to know about your events. We also have a community calendar on our website. So if there are events that you want to share um, that are going on, we can put your events on the calendar. 
You can also reach out to me, whether that be for discounted uh, tickets. Right now we have The Wiz. We have Into the Woods coming up, which is a fairy tale mashup. And then we have Sweeney Todd in the spring. Um, and you can email me at A is an apple, R brown b <laughs> r o w n um at fifthavenue.org so a r brown at fifthavenue.org i love the sign language thank you <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate you so much for being a guest and i will definitely be at um into the woods shout out chanel leonard some other good girlfriends there mm-hmm. but thank you so much uh for blessing us um you are community and we appreciate you. And you know that you're going to be back here again. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. As for community, right? I'm so happy. We got three more weeks of this, right? And next week we got Bobby Ken coming in. Uh, the week after I'm going to do a holiday gathering with my girl Diamond, okay? From Lavender Rice. But we got some holiday cheer stuff that is going to be a really big surprise. And I am closing my year out. I ain't even talked to her yet, but I'm just going to call, speak this out to the atmosphere. DJ Yachty, I need you. DJ Yachty needs to be my last guest. I can't do the show with last show without DJ Yachty. But just please stay tuned. You guys are watching We Live in Color. I will see you next week. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.